When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wake up in the morning feeling like Waterman is extremely well, she's very slippery. You don't own me. Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> Hello, tryhards. Hello, tryhards. I am back in the game after. Not feeling too well for a good few days after Saturday's event. <laughs> Don't know how much you want me to tell the listeners, but one thing I will say is that the splat of vomit when Nolly didn't manage to get the toilet seat up in time on Saturday night will live with me for the well, rest it was of shame. my time on earth. Well, it was a shame that I didn't have a very good um, pizza, wasn't it? Yeah, that, that was it. That was it. You've got to be careful with those pizzas. Um, I wonder how many people are listening to this podcast with their tryhards t-shirt on this week. Quite a few. Um, and not us because we didn't get one. No, we did get one each. Um, I wore mine to do the Nick and Mo show on Monday. I know. And it was evidence that you are the biggest tryhard ever. Um, they went down and that absolute storm didn't they uh, mate I've been saying it for a long time you make fun of me but people love stash not just me people love stash yeah no they and they were good um so just a big shout out I think needs to go before we crack on to everyone involved fans of Guinness who sorted us out and uh everybody came yes Julie all the way from Cornwall. Absolutely hard. That is try hard behaviour. Loves it. Um, yeah, loads of waspies, St. Mary's players. Who else do we have? Teddington. Um uh did we have Teddington players? Maybe not. I think we had some London Irish players. Yeah. Um, who I did tell to um say hi to their coach Graham Smith who was the forwards coach when we won the World Cup and um, I did let it slip that I call him grey bags which might not go down very well with him but I'd assume he doesn't know that yet because he sent a tweet apologising that he couldn't be in attendance and he was sorry he missed (laughs) it Um, but that he may have changed his tune after training last night I'd guess it was fun though wasn't it they finished the league it was um It was amazing to see so many people there to watch that game. You know, packing out a pub in London 
to watch a Grand Slam match. Fantastic. Yeah, no, it was cool. Um, I've just had a look and it's Cobra Workwear from Wales that provided the T-shirts um, and that it was done through Star at Guinness. Um, so, yeah, just a little shout out to them because um, everyone does love Stash and they were they were nice, weren't they? Yeah, they're very cool. <laughs> continue on all of the events that we are going to continue doing. Yeah, we're going bigger and better with the Stash next time around. Full orange shell suits for everybody who attends. Everyone um, also loved the pin badges. I was joking I when I was at them. But um, I also thought it was quite funny because people were, um, there were lanyards and someone was like, who wants lanyards? And Meg Jones told me that Abby Brown keeps all of her lanyards from every event she does, every tour destination on the sevens. She is a lanyard keyno. Well, she actually did tw- her 25th tournament at the weekend. She did. So, yeah, five lanyards. Be, yeah, um, if not more. I think Nick Heath does as well for all his commentary. He, he's, he always, when he puts together a little reel, he, there's always a little glimpse of those in the background somewhere. I've kept a lot of mine. I've got a lot, but I don't keep all of them because you think how many you end up with after, like at the end of the year and the amount of years I've been at this, I'd have, I would literally have probably nearly a thousand accreditations at this point. Yeah, but the media ones aren't the best, are they? Some of them are like shoestrings. Like I, you know, oh. it's the nice ones that are branded with the, I don't know, with Guinness or HSBC or well, Champions. Great media ones. Uh, I was disappointed the year that the IRFU switched to their flimsy green ones, though. Felt very short-changed by that. <laughs> um, it was actually quite nice to to just hang out with you for a little bit, though. I mean, I, I barely just... saw you, but I felt like, <laughs> do you know what it felt like? You know, when people are like after their wedding and they say they didn't see their partner all the way through the wedding. That's what it was a little bit like. I didn't see her. Didn't see her. Yeah. Well, there was so many people to talk to. Yeah, it was so good. It was, um, it was actually really cool. Purdy, of World Cup winner, um, was down um, with her wife, Angel. And also it was great to see Nikki Meston, ex-England player. I haven't seen her for years um and so we had a nice catch-up so it was an old girls table um yeah no it was really cool and also we haven't said thank you to all our guests because there was a, there was a one hell of a lineup there was a lot of guests it was a big um, old panel but actually names. it's really interesting because i've had some messages saying how people just really enjoyed mingling with players and i think that that generally happens with with women's rugby that you'll get the the biggest names from international you know someone like Vicky Fleetwood who has played in this Six Nations and she's just pottering about chatting to people and yeah. just part of it all, which I think was really cool. So yeah, that was a, a big kind of like vision for the event that we had. Like it's something that, you know, we had talked about beforehand. I know that I've been to a couple of the live podcast recordings that the boys have done and they'll have like a little interval break and they spirit the guests away into a green room and all those people there are there to see them and want to meet them and want to, you know, be able to say, oh yeah, I, I, I met X, Y, Z and he was really cool and stuff like that. So I was glad that that's what our event felt like. It felt like a social, which is what we wanted. And hopefully it's the first of many, as you've said, and there'll be some more coming soon. Yeah, and it was good to see that at the other two events, like loads of people, so um, with the No Woman, No Try crew and Elmer hosting that panel and then Danny Kerr and Celia um, 
you know they had a nice little vibe going they had a hell of a big screen I like their pubs yeah, uh, yeah so I I just think it was nice to start to normalize it to be honest yeah uh, and we've kind of skipped over one thing try hard you know that she always brings it up um, normally because she's spanking people normally because she's top of the Guinness Legends League but Waterman has swooped in in the last round through a very poor and kind of average performance throughout and has beaten Miss LJJ. But the most annoying thing about that is I had, to, I had to remind you four times on Friday and Saturday to do your match point predict your fanzo predictions. And if I hadn't said anything, you wouldn't have beaten me. Don't be a hater. I'm such a, I'm not a hater. hater. I'm I'm a bloody good friend. I think that's what the moral of this story is. But if I was if I wasn't such a kind-hearted person, I would have won. Well, I just think well done me for winning and also well done to drum roll please. Who is the top of the Trihards League? Well, she's best known <laughs> her failed marriage to Peter Andre and her rather large canons. Congratulations Katie Price. I still, I still don't know if it is the same Katie Price. I don't know if it's Katie Price, the glamour model, or if it's just Katie Price, a tryhard. Uh, but either way, Katie, get in touch with us on socials so that we can shout you out properly. Because if it is Jordan slash Katie Price and she's been playing Fanzo, my mind will be blown. And if it isn't, I would love to know what it's like to grow up being called Katie Price. Yeah, um... Well, you've just emphasised over the last however many weeks how annoying it is just by yeah. your association. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, can I, I the one thing we haven't said, um, well, how weird is it when you've only met people on Zoom when you meet them in real life? And experienced that at the weekend, didn't we? Yeah. And the weirdest thing that we, I mean, we talked about it at length and I want this to sound, I don't want this to sound, um, I don't know how to phrase this, but the one thing you cannot recognize on Zoom where you cannot, there's no relativity is height. So I was genuinely shocked by how diminutive Claudia from Fanzo is in real life. I thought she was going to be about five, five. She is not five foot five. I'd be surprised if she's five foot. And that came as a shock to me because it's very rare that I'm taller than people. And it was, yeah, shocking. Alex from uh, one of the agencies that we work with with Guinness he was there did some work with Alex last year had quite a few meetings with him over zoom met him in the flesh for the first time he's about a foot taller than I thought he was it was really jarring yeah yeah it is strange when you think how how long you've worked with people and how you just haven't met them yeah um, like a weird sense of you know them, but don't know them. Um, I just crack on with the, I know you, so I'm going to hug you. Um, obviously that boundary hasn't been crossed with some people. <laughs> but. Um, don't force hugs on people, Nolly. Not everyone's a hugger. I'm not a hugger. I don't force them on people. I, I embrace them. You, you're forceful with hugs. You're very forceful. Um, I what was I going to say to you then? Do you know what we, the elephant in the room? Something that we haven't mentioned. We probably should. Huge congratulations to England on winning the Grand Slam on Saturday. Oh yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, well done, girls. Round of applause. Round of Seal of approval. Um, I don't know what the, the sound that seals make. Um, oh, impressive. Um, I, uh, yeah, I would also like to say well done. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Should we actually talk about the rugby there? Not just over last weekend, but over the last few weeks. Oh, I've just deleted everything I wrote in my notes pre-podcast. Bear with. What happened there? Oh, no. Oh, that's... Okay, it's all gone. It's all gone. I'll I'll remember it. Nolly is going to take us through the team. She's going to give me a player of each team of the tournament. And she's going to talk me through what she feels could be that team's work-ons or where they... Where do they go now? What's next as... Uh, as they say in my favourite TV programme, The West Wing, what's next? So let's start with England. Uh, I just say, no pressure on me. Um, are you contributing? Hey, I had my work Christmas party last night. Like, I'm dusty. I'm dusty. Um, so let's start with England. Obviously, two England players are up for player of the championship in Sarah Byrne and Party Packer, Mummy Marley. Um are either of them your England player of the tournament or have you gone left field and picked somebody else? Um, they kind of both are. I think probably a shout out to, to Alex Matthews. I think she's had a brilliant tournament. I think um, what's been brilliant to see with her is her strength of carry, her basics. And also, I think I'm pretty sure for the first time she's going up in the line out and is an unbelievable line out choice because she's so robust and foot strong. Um, she's not the tallest, but she's really athletic to chuck her up in the air. Um, and when you've got someone like Poppy Cleo, who does jump, um, but is a much bigger girl to lift, Alex is a brilliant option and she's been one of the main jumpers. Um, and, and just talking quickly about lineouts and stuff, I think one thing we said early on was in the autumn, England's um, line-out defence absolutely pulverised New Zealand. It was something they just couldn't get a foothold. And slowly this tournament, um, England's, England's line-out defence has been brilliant, but against France, Abby Ward was absolutely outstanding. And also Zoe Allcraft. That, like basically as a unit, they, took, they put so much pressure on France. They just couldn't capitalise on a lot of their things. So just, I think, a general shout-out probably to the to the pack I think for England I think all this of the is girls going well considering that our planning meeting for this podcast was Nolly's going to give me a name per team <laughs> she's named the whole team for England um look I think Byrne has had an outstanding tournament um she's carried hard she's ripped into the girls she's set piece has been dominant but I think Marley Pack has been a different level in terms of her turnovers they've been critical at times where teams have started to get stuck into England and she's nicked the ball back off them um, so yeah, I'm going to say Marley this edge, but I think Berna has been brilliant as well. Okay, where did England go? I mean, how difficult is it to go into a World Cup being so favoured, or actually, will they relish it? For me, it reminds me a little bit of 2003 and the way that England men had um, beaten New Zealand in the build-up to the World Cup, and they were the best team in the world going into that World Cup in Australia and were heavily favoured, but perhaps not to the same level and degree that this Red Roses side is? How will that, will that burden them? Um, 
Potentially, but I think what's impressed about England is just the, the depth that they've got um, across positions. And there's going to be some really, really good rugby players miss out, which is going to be brutal. Um, but I think there's now opportunity with the you know the final rounds of Prem 15s for players to go head to head and really get stuck into each other and see. I think probably the tightest calls are, are going to be that in within the pack because there is such such talent there. Um, I think one one thing that probably hasn't come to life really yet, still a little bit, is the the back line. We've seen glimpses of how good they are, but yeah. you know against France they didn't have enough phases. To before France gave away a penalty. Um, that said, I don't think that they capitalised on the opportunities they did have. They got hit behind the gain line a few times, got turned over in the wider channel. So I'd love to see how England's backs progress because they're wonderfully talented players. I think Zoe Harrison has probably cemented herself into that 10 shirt. And interestingly, Helena Rowland has really put herself into the mix of 15. Um, which then invites another opportunity for, for a 12. So you've got players, so someone like Holly Aitchison or Amber Reed, you know, who's been waiting in the wings, um, two very good rubber players as distributors. So, but different in their style. I think. Do you think that he will play the two of them on the pitch at the same time in a World Cup though? Because I think the thing for me is, you know, we every week we say it, but there is this quarterfinal stage this time round. And it's the volume of matches in that period of time. If, Helena is his second choice 10, then would you risk putting them both on the field? And also you can't, so he can't play every game from the first pool game to a World Cup final. But that's where someone like Amber Reid can step into 10 easily. Um, you know, Scars could probably do it. Um, and also, but then you want to rest her. I think what's what's interesting is you've got Ellie Kildan as well, you know, a talented fullback played played on the wing. Um and you've also got Sarah McKenna, who has had hardly any game time, hasn't been in the 15 shirt and is absolute worldy in 15, um, but can play on the wing too. So it's those, I think with England, there'll be players that play one position and the squad will then be made up. Or it's the ones that can cover a couple that yeah. will be the ones that get the nod. Um, I think it would have been really interesting in the nine shirt who made that cut because obviously Mo's come back in. It's been brilliant to see her come in and enjoying her rugby so much and just being in a great place, playing really well. Because Leanne's had the, the, got the shirt, the nine shirt, and she's come off the bench for that impact. But if Claudia McDonald had been in the mix, well, who would they have taken all three? Yeah. Because because Claudia can play in the outside backs as well. Yeah. So it's like those types of ones where you've got key crucial positions. You know, someone like Maud Moore, who is a front row specialist in one and three now, she is yeah. tight head, but playing at one, um, but can cover hooker. Well, maybe she, they don't need to take that third hooker in that key yeah. position to be able to rotate. So I think that's where England have probably got the luxury. It's going to be really interesting to see what summer games that they have. Um, and also, you know, you just hope that everyone is fit, healthy, yeah. in a position to be selected because hasn't happened in a 15 shirt, but I've missed a sevens World Cup because of injury. Um, and it's been a close call between with other World Cups. So, yeah, you never want that to happen with England yeah. and you want everybody to have the opportunity to 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 put their name in the ring and, and you know, be in, be in the mix. 
Uh, I think the big takeaway there is that England have an absolute embarrassment of riches going into this World Cup. One thing you mentioned, I actually just want to pick up on it. As I said, I did the Nick and Mo show on Monday. And that's one thing, seeing Mo come back and play for England. I don't think there are many players in this championship who've looked like they've enjoyed their rugby as much as Mo has. And I think that's been really nice to watch. And I think that's, uh, um, I think, you know, we talk about look good, play good and feel good, play good and all that kind of thing. And, and if you're in that kind of place, it is obviously going to affect your game. So, you know, well done, Mo. And it was um, yeah, nice to catch up with her on Monday on the Nick and Mo show. And well done to the two of them for getting that show done through the championship. I know it's been a lot of uh, pulling of strings for Nick to get that done. So well done to him. Right. Let's move on to Wales. I'm really intrigued by who you're going to say has been your standout Wales player. Um, I think... You know, there's been a lot of mention to Sean Ed Harris and the, the girls coming off the bench. Um, but I think the person that's impressed me with probably the most potential, and it'll be interesting to see how she's coached and how she progresses, is Kaylee Powell at fullback. I think she isn't just good going forward um, with the ball, but she, you know, she's strong, she's robust, she's got a good step, she's got stuck into people, she looks solid um, and strong. So yeah, how they can bring her into the game um, and it not necessarily having to be locked to space. I see quite a lot of similarities in the way that she runs with the ball, how I like to. So it's like, right, how can we get her on the ball in places that are going to mix it for the for the opposition? I think, um, you know, Karis Phillips up front, I think has done a really good job in the line has creaked a bit um, and Kelsey Jones as well has come off the bench and done well, but that relies on, the lifters and the jumpers and the timing. So I think generally across the board, Wales have all kind of, there's been a step change in improvement. Um, it's it, it's how can they supercharge that a little bit? How can they get a little bit more physical? How can they get a little bit more clinical? And then the big thing is obviously there's been loads, loads of talk about the kicking and the exit strategies and how... And, and I saw an article, I don't know where it was, about bringing in a kicking coach, which is interesting because, yes, it's a technical skill, but how much can improvement can you make in that, like, you know, it's only yeah. a few but, it, but it's also this conversation that you and I have had on the pod in person. It's a conversation that I had with um, Kenneth at, at BBC last night, actually, is that Wales now have to identify not necessarily which one of their tens is their best kicking option, but who in the 15 who are on the park at any one time can kick the leather off the ball because we've watched the ability that England have to exit because Skaz can kick the ball downfield further and harder. And essentially if Wales have got a second row who can do it, if they've got, you know, a back row who can do it, that's what they, they need to start adapting their game to what they have. And for any team to be greater than... Were you, were you listening part. to the were you listening to the Trials podcast last week? Yeah, but I heard it on the Trials <laughs> podcast last week. But to be greater than the sum of your parts, which any great team are, they're, they're the things that you identify and improve on. And, you know, Snowy's not going to be the player who can kick a ball 50 metres downfield, but can they find somebody else on the team who can do it? So... I think step Laura Jane Jones. Up, up she steps. Oh my god! Can you imagine? Well, I don't think I, I don't think I could kick. I don't think I could kick a rugby ball out of hand more than ten meters, and I think it would hurt my foot as well if I did it. I'm thinking about it now, and my foot hurts. 
maybe this is the maybe this is what we need to do we need to do some live try hard um see that will really challenge my coaching if i could get you to kick a ball draw the punches in as well yeah if you could get me to kick a ball that would be impressive as well because i didn't do too much of it either Um, it's also quite interesting that you say there's been an article or they're going to bring in a kicking coach wales women are training at the vale as do wales men and and literally you could throw a stone from the front door of the wru barn and you hit wales's greatest kicker of all time so i'd hope when they're talking about bringing in a kicking coach they are just going to go down and knock on neil jenkins door and say (laughs) can you come in and talk to us because it seems odd that as soon as you hear the words oh they're going to bring in a kicking coach we all think our dave allred's going to come and do something i know that Dave, dave has done stuff with snowy in the past but i would hope that this is a case that they're going to speak to the man who literally is there so wales's work-ons are i think like i said i think it's just supercharging their basics i think what they did was some really good stuff their set piece looked solid at times their handling was much improved like their general fitness and, and power across the park i think they're they're definitely on the right trajectory is it going to be perfect no they need to capitalize on some really good fixtures in the summer and pushing themselves physically to to limits that they've not felt before i think they've got the culture and the belief behind the squad to be able to do that now so i'm really intrigued to see their step change between now and the world cup and they've got a real opportunity in their pool which maybe we could talk about scotland now with australia and new zealand you know to really take it to them as a very solid rugby team with some sprinkling of stardust of players that can create something from nothing like someone like Jazz Joyce or Alicia Butchers did, you know, at, at times. Well, okay. So as you said, let's move it on to Scotland who it feels weird saying that they were wooden spoon winners because that in a weird way, they didn't look like it. It, you know, the bottom of the, the championship this year was still a, a pretty high quality competition. There weren't any bad, bad games in this year's tournament. And Scotland, for the most part, played really well. So how disappointed will they be that they've come away from this championship with nothing to show for it? I think I'm massively disappointed, I think, especially given the confidence they would have taken from the World Cup qualification, having those weeks in Dubai. Um, and actually, they just didn't see out in 80 minutes. They, were, they scored first against England. Wales against Ireland after a few minutes you know like really got stuck into teams but it's that consistency across the park and I think that they've got some they've got some very talented players there but it's just what's their identity how do they like get stuck into teams I think you know not relying on a missed tackle or a penalty you know building pressure on teams um, because they've got the nuts and bolts now. I think across the park, they've got some really good players and it's just a matter of linking it all together for a full 80. And yeah, it's a shame that they didn't get a, get the, any of the results go their way because there was huge, um, I think, improvement in their general games. They were just unlucky to come up against a, very, very passionate home side in Wales and Ireland who probably needed the win more than they did. And, and that's where that depth of something comes out in those games and you don't get the win or you get the win when you just need it. And yeah. 
yeah could they be the surprise package at this world cup because they will perhaps be unfavored going into it and that pool you know on once one time you look at that pool and think oh that one's horrid but it does feel like there's a lot to play for in it I think they've got a massive opportunity. I think they could definitely be there or thereabouts with Wales. I don't think, you know, they were on top for the vast majority of their aim. It's 75 minutes before yeah. Wales went into the league. Um, I think uh, Australia and New Zealand are the ones that you, we don't know much about and we're going to learn loads from with the, um, Pacific, the Pacific Four series. Um, I think what's in... Scotland's favour is if they have all of the girls that are playing in the Six Nations and the depth of players that they've brought in. Um, I think where they will take it to the teams is their set piece. I think Helen Nelson's goal kicking is good as well. So they'll punish teams with penalties and getting points on the board, which they did against Ireland. They built a scoreboard with loads of penalties. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think that they're going to be in the mix and it's going to be fascinating to see who comes out of that pool and potentially a third place because it's three pools of four with the 12 team format you get two top third top yeah two top teams that come in at third and I think I think one of them will come from that pool I agree I agree um okay let's park Scotland um you can ask me my player Oh, sorry. Who is your Scottish player of the tournament? So I think Rachel Malcolm has been magnificent leader. Her work rate is just phenomenal. Some of her cover tackling on the edge and stuff. But I think where I've been really impressed, just generally, um, not just with her sunburn and being able to play with a smarty face, but Lana Skeldon, I think, yeah. has been outstanding just in terms of consistency. I think she's been, been really impressive. Um, and... They need that. They need players to be really solid. And I think she has. So, yeah, I think she for this tournament. I think mine's probably the big hoik, Tongan, Lisa Thompson. <laughs> I like watching her play. Really like watching her play. Okay, let's move on to Ireland, who won't have a World Cup to prepare for this year because they have not qualified. But actually, they've got a sevens one to qualify for. Yeah, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about the 15s. Uh, we will come on to seven <laughs> later, Danielle. Um, but actually, they've got a free hit this summer because of that. Because we we have been told that there will be World Cup warm-ups for all of the teams. Uh, and it sounds like those will be open to fans as well, where initially they were going to be held behind closed doors uh, and pressure on unions to sell tickets has already started. Ireland will be a team that everyone wants to have on their docket to face because you're not going to face them at the World Cup. So it's a great little hit out is this something that the IRFU can really get behind and use as an opportunity for those girls yeah I think it's a massive opportunity to have some really good test matches it's just how they utilize them with selection with the sevens girls potentially off in um, 15s prep I think what's been super impressive for me is that they um the backs the back line that's come in against um against England and then Scotland have really stepped up considering they're completely but new back lines pretty much um and with Cronin injured in the second in the, the Scotland game as well um so I think you know that's been brilliant and it's given an opportunity to those players um I will say it was it was 
totally right, I think, for Sanne's red card to be overturned. Yeah. Um, I think that was brilliant. And it was really good to see her playing and getting a win with the girls. So, um, and on home soil, I think um, for me, it's, it's how can they benefit as a squad in terms of the detail around their forwards. I think that, you know, if they don't get to play, you know, we've got a few girls that play over in Premier 15s from Ireland, not loads. Um, how can they get that regular competition up front? They took on Scotland in the pack, that couple of really important scrum pens, good catch and drive line out try. Um, a couple of them, I think, are one of them. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, a, it's not just the matches and learning to win and learning to nail who they are, what's this identity, but it's all the off-field stuff, the team spirit, the, the training behind it. Um, and what's been really cool, actually, is um, seeing social media around the girls and them saying how much they're enjoying being in it and that it's building and they're, they're in a positive place. And given the season that they've had, given that everything that's happened over the last year, I think that's that's the biggest thing for me is really nice. And then how can they continue to build on that and become, um, you know, as strong as they have been in the past? Uh, we have to give a shout out to Hannah O'Connor just to circle back to what we were saying about if you've got someone who can kick the leather off the ball. Number eight's taking penalties. My absolute favourite thing in the world. Love to see. Love to see it. Um, so well done to her. But who is your Irish player of this tournament, Nolly? Um, it's been interesting, actually. I think um, one person I'm really impressed with is Eve Higgins. I think stepping into that 13 shirt, I think she was class. Um but also up front, I think Sam Monaghan, the second row, like in terms of her physicality, ripping into teams, she's been consistently pretty badass, actually. She's yeah. like just got stuck into teams, ripped into them. And when you're missing a player like Kleena Maloney, who is just an absolute bulldog in terms of aggression and um, taking it into people, you want that type of player to step up. And yeah, yeah I think Tricky as well. Um don't know her real name um but yeah <laughs> Adele I sat with her parents um oh tricky from Moss um yeah she was yes that's the one um so she you know she again she was physical nasty ripped into teams but I think for them it's about how can they pull together a really good solid set piece because when they've when you've got all of the backs that they now are developing in the sevens and across the 15s, which we saw over the last couple of weeks, you can have all the talent that you want, but if you don't have a platform to play off, which is what England have time and time and time again, then they're not going to do well. So, yeah. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Italy next. Were they the most disappointing team in this year's championship for you? Because 100%. obviously you are Italian now. 100%. Um, I, I just think that they've lost their identity. I think they've lost what they're about. If you ask me, how do they play? Apart from saying pretty badly, I'm trying to say, <laughs> um, don't know. And there's been a couple of like individual standouts, like Solari kicking the goals against Wales, like fair play to her. Um, she's always quite a solid, um, but looked a bit lost at times. Dragoni against France was class, but didn't really step up in the other games. Their pack looked kind of can like kind of good, but again, it's just it. It's who are they as a team, and and what are they about? And there seems to just not be not be anything there at the moment. So I think for them, it's. What fixtures can they get? Go back to the drawing board. Who are they? What do they want to bring to the table? What is Italian women's rugby about? When they get that, I think yeah. they'll be good because their pool at the World Cup, I think, is there to, to really get ripped into. I think with America and Canada, I think America, like you pointed out earlier, I think probably beat Canada. I think it's an interesting one because traditionally Canada have always been the stronger team out of the two. No, it's really interesting. I thought about that. I, when you and I were chatting about this, because obviously all we do is talk about rugby earlier on. And I said, I think that USA would beat Canada. I do think that because I think USA, I think USA are going to be really good at the World Cup. But then at the same time, I think it's because for some reason we're writing Canada off a little bit. But when they came down in November last year for the Autumn Internationals, they were really good, really good and surprisingly good. And they're so gnarly now. Yeah, they are. They are really good. Um, I think where and they're physical when they're strong, athletic women, I think. And they beat America twice um, when they played like a little series before they toured. Um, interesting. Some of their best players didn't travel because of university rugby, which is fascinating for me. Yeah. Um, but um, I think with the Americans, probably why we're swaying towards it is someone like Kate Zachary, who's absolutely carving up down for Exeter. Like I love Kelter. Uh, Aleph Kelter, who's carving up for Saris, um, Hope Rogers, Rogers. bench pressing 105 kilos for three and making it look super easy the other day. Um, you know, you've got you've got players that are playing really well over here. Um, and actually, just a quick one on America. Big shout out to Lottie Clapp. Yeah who um, Saracen's captain, who has been named in the squad um, for the USA Eagles, um, which I just love. I think that that's really cool. She's always been a consistent club player over here. England international, 
um, I think in sevens and fifteens, um, but not really had the opportunity to kind of step out and 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 get any regular opportunities with with red roses. So yeah, I think it's brilliant um, to see. I was her. really surprised to see that. Um joe gray jordan gray jordan what's jordan's surname now she's married but she is the only usa sevens player in that it's a big squad that they've announced for the kind of the rest of the year into the world cup and she's the only sevens player i was surprised by that i thought we might have seen a few others maybe have a crack at it um yeah but then you've got a lot of players in the outside backs um and and where you'd normally see the transfer so Elif Kelter remember is included yeah. in that she's a sevens player but has Aaron taken a step over, away yeah. this year you know who I wanted to see in it Chris Thomas yeah she made me look very silly in 2017 absolutely <laughs> burned me I was so tired I was honestly I was so tired in that game and she got the ball and she literally <laughs> I mean, she could have literally run a ring around me, like literally ran around me. I was that tired. Um, she's hilarious because when she runs, she you it feels like you're watching it in slow motion because she's got a, an awful looking run. She's all arms and legs. So she looks like she's running in glue or treacle, but she's actually like pace, pure pace. Yeah, I, I can I can promise you she is a lot of pace. And yeah, in that yeah, game, I, although I we don't, England, so 2015, uh, 2017 World Cup, sorry, we kicks the corner, catch and drive, try, quite funny. One time, son's got a shorts pulled down and she had a proper big old black thong on, which went out on uh, live on TV um, and got replayed quite a few times in our analysis. Um, so we, we battered them up front, um, but Katie's kicking. She did find the back three a couple of times at the court on the fall. And I like being the little rat bag that I am, big luck kick chase, loved it. Um, and then realised I didn't love it as much when Chatter Ember um, and um, Chris Thomas caught it on the full and then was running back at full pace at me. Um, <laughs> it was one of those, da, 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 let's go, Connelly, and just hold on. Um, Wear your brave yeah. pants. Wear your big girl yeah. pants. Um, I didn't even put a finger on her, I don't think, when she made that line break in the try in the second in the second half. But, um, yeah, unbelievable athletes. Um but I think Canada definitely 100% can't be written off. I think they, you know, they're always there or thereabouts in the top, in the top mix. Um, and uh, are they playing in the, no, they wouldn't be. That's because um, it's the Pacific. It's oh. geography, that is Noel's. Well done. <laughs> um, so it's interesting. So actually that group could be a really interesting one at the World Cup. Italy have got to do some work to, to challenge in it, but they have a huge opportunity. Who is your Italian player of the championship? don't really have one okay I'm gonna probably Great. say just because I really liked how she played well uh Bergoni for getting stuck into the French I think like I saw a side to to her and Italian rugby that when you coach Italians they want to be like they want like yeah. you know I work really hard on identity with the sevens boys and I think that piece for them is really important um I mix my mix their Italian with the English kind of bit more structure, yeah. um, a little bit more. Um, don't just throw it away, please. Um, or try and do an. Um, so Revy would be proud of um, if you if the support's not there. But um, yeah, I'd probably say Ragoni. Okay, and then finally, last but not least, France. It's interesting, actually. I mean, Lausanne is hundred percent like deserves 
to be in the mix of player of the tournament. I think she's going to be unlucky to an English player only because um, they just dominated so much across the board. But actually, if you look at it, she was literally the reason they played. They and they played as well at times as they did yeah. I think all of none of them looked like they clicked it was like it was trial matches all the time yeah. like they didn't it, it was really weird there was glimpses and moments where they they linked together and looked like a uh, looked like a team but a lot of the time it was like a lot of them were trying to put their hand up to be selected for the world cup it was like this real weird like forget about looking forward, look about now and look about trying to play well together. Coaching, you know, the coach is saying to them, we don't need to win this grand slam to win the world cup and show me what you've got for the world cup. And we don't know what we're going to do for the world cup. Is that, would that come from coaches for them to be playing like that? But the way that you've just said that, if you said that to me as a player, I would instantly say, we don't need to, I would be, I'd be looking at my own performance. What they need to be doing is looking at their performance as a team okay. and as and as a, as a slightly wider squad. But I just think they lacked any cohesion as a squad and as a team. And that's what you need in the build-up to a World Cup. You don't need loads of individuals to say, oh, well, I've played well on the Six Nations, so that's fine for France because we've got lots of individuals playing well for, for, for the World Cup. Yeah. It's, we have to start like that what what squad and what England were looking at and you could see it in the selection in the first couple of rounds wasn't just individuals it's units within units so who are the best front rowers who works well um in the second row together what's the best nine ten combination who works well on which wing like it's those things that players and the and individuals and and people looking at their own selection it's how you work and bring the best out of other people as much as how well you perform. Yeah. You know, I think, you know, Sansu was so fantastic, but did she get the best out of Druan? Did like, because Druan was, I called her as one of the players to watch this tournament. And I think she was poor in yeah. her stats. You know, they had, they had England on the ropes at one point and she just pulled the ball behind the player, a couple of passes, just, you didn't see her, you didn't notice her. Is that because you see Sun Tzu loads? Possibly. Yeah. But your 10 still has to be in the game. Um, but Uno and- reverse card it, they, they are quality players. If they get that cohesion right, will they, can they turn England over in the pool match? 100%, 100%. And I think, you know, I actually think Holly Davidson was pretty pretty lenient with England I think you know there was a couple of cards but um England had gave away three line out penalties on the trot and I think the reason we didn't see a card was because she'd given three to France because it was early on in the game on the other end of the field um and this isn't to criticize Holly it there was consistency in what she did which was great but I think the amount of penalties that England gave away in their own 22, France didn't capitalise. If their drills were better, and this is where I went, go right back to what I was saying about how awesome the girls were in their line-out defence. They yeah. upset France. and But if France nail those line-outs, which they should do, five metres out, catch and drive, very different scoreline. Yeah. And if England get... Because the amount of penalties that England gave away in that 22 shows that 
they do creak and 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 for me to be England you like it's like teams go out and think they have to do something amazing to beat them so the challenge that they put on and they're right on the edge and they're given but if you're right on the edge of England you're going to give away quite a few penalties if you give away a few penalties all they'll do is kick to the corner catch and drive line out try right that that's the, it's easy, that's the easiest thing. What you need to do with England is keep the ball, is make them defend over phases because they've shown that they will give penalties away. You need to kick on your own terms. Yeah. You need to be pinning them back. You know, and a couple of times France kicked well. Jacquet, who kicks like a goalie, a few times, like it's kind of 50-50, she'll do an amazing kick versus yeah. a pretty average kick. Those amazing kicks become 75-80% of the time it's a different story. Tremoulier landing, instead of kicking it straight out, landing it in the field and bouncing it out. Very different story. Yeah. So France have got it in them. I think they're a very good team. They just aren't, they, they're just not a good team at the moment, playing okay. wise. Um, well, you look really is- bored. I've just, my head's starting to hurt. Um, That's the Six Nations teams wrapped up. We should have a quick word. The Black Ferns have announced their first squad of the year today. Um, Big shout out. I like the the announcement. They made a big deal of it. They had players on stage. They got press in. Um, Mel Robinson hosted by all accounts. And I also like the, the press release that came with it. Although your little ninja eye spotted something, didn't it? Yeah, I I can't get my head around the fact that about halfway through the press release, it says that Les Elder isn't selected due to injury. She was unavailable due to, due to injury. And then further down, it says she's unselected or, or basically has dropped. She hasn't been selected. She hasn't been picked. Um, bracketed with uh, Rennie Wycliffe there. So I don't... I don't know. I don't know about that one. I can't really understand which one it is. It can't be both. It's one or the other. Has she been dropped? It's also the way they phrase it as well, because it's obviously Bunce is coming in um, and he's going to be part of it. And he's talked about his role being about cohesion and values and all this kind of stuff, um, which all sounds very odd considering he is just a bloody good coach at sevens. Um, But it, there's a line about them fitting with the direction of the black ferns and stuff like that. So yeah, interesting. And I, I will say as well, let's not give them too much of a pat on the back for the press release and all that kind of stuff, because they've got a lot of uh, walking back to do after their international women's day post where they thanked women for driving men to training and stuff like that. And making. <laughs> so I'll be honest, I feel like this has probably been an absolute PR exercise in trying to eradicate that from people's memories. Uh, yes. a number of Thank you for bringing it up, though. Thank you for reminding us. Um, I like the fact that they introduced the debutants. Just moving on. I'm just thinking with the Les Elder situation. Maybe she's got a bit of a niggle. She's not fit yet, and she could be fit by the end of it because it's a series, and they haven't picked her into the bigger squad, knowing that she could be fit. So that maybe that's the caveat. But it is interesting because they've also not picked Eloise Blackwell, who yeah. is one of their main stalwarts in the um, in the pack. Um, yeah. So they've gone on to Pecky. Is it to Pecky? Yeah. The 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 league um, and their performances. And what's fascinating is 
it's not uh, it's all highlights of some of the some of the rugby last year you thought oh these girls are in a good place they're playing some wicked rugby the highlights are looking good they come over and get absolutely smashed by teams over here so them stepping up in their own league it's going to be really interesting to see how those players then step up in international duty and what the difference is and I think I made quite a big thing like about feed the Fiji Drua um, winning in the um, the series over in Australia, and then interestingly, Fijiana played the Japanese and lost in a Test match. So the Japanese are a difficult team to play. They're really gnarly. They're very very well drilled set piece. Their scrum is a, they're like micro machines. They're about a foot off the floor, all of them. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really interested and I really hope we get access to watching those games because I think that that's, that's where eyeballs should be um, because that's where we, have, we don't regularly get to see. Um, and New Zealand, it's a big opportunity and they have to be playing in those games to, well, can the coaches help? There's be a lot of, lot of Northern Hemisphere coaches' eyeballs on those games, that's for sure. Um, what else is there to talk about? Let's have a quick... Word on the seven, shall we? I, I want to say yeah. a big well done to, um, to I, I, we've got lots of things to talk about on the sevens, but I do want to say well done to the Island girls. I think that um, they were really impressive in Seville. They played really well and took their silver medal well. New Zealand Black Ferns have been back. And if, you know, on paper, that means that Ireland have competed at the same level they did in Seville and have just dropped down to that bronze medal. They beat France in that match. They were really good. I think for me, the strength of those girls, there's a lot of girls in that squad who I know and really like them as individuals. I think the media coverage of the sevens versus fifteens debate in Ireland has been a really difficult one that they found themselves caught in the middle of. They are sevens players. My friend Kate actually messaged me and said, I find it really difficult seeing them get that medal because I look at it and think it's the fifteens backline. And I said to her, no, when I watch the fifteens, that's the sevens team. So it's, I think, been a really stressful time for those girls. And I think the resilience they've shown and the hard work that they are putting into that programme, I just want to say a massive well done to those girls because I think they're ace and I can't wait to see them in Toulouse. Yeah, Amy Lee Murphy-Crow, one of her finishes um, uh, to get them through into the semi-final um, was just utterly ridiculous against America. Like, absolutely turned Christy Kershaw, who's a really good player inside out. She like, she's different level at the moment in on a sevens field. Um, four and, tries. Yeah, like, they, like they played incredibly well and like deserve the medal. And I love all their celebrations and stuff. I think the other person that kind of needs a bit of a shout out to is Portia Woodman. Is utterly she that fast uh, black ferns girl. Yeah, what a, scored a couple of tries 200 tries on the world no. series no. although seeing her on that langford pitch scoring tries never brings back great memories because she <laughs> i often got my cover tackles in um i got a good line also relied on the fact that i could quickly get myself out of getting making a mistake with the line that i made because i was reasonably quick she absolutely did me on that pitch. Um, luckily, we went on to win the final, but she is a world-class, game-changing woman. And, uh, like, to come back from a snapped Achilles, from hamstring injuries, like, three and a half years off the series, and she, she's unbelievable. And, yes, they've got 
a, a world-class team of individuals and interesting it's interesting to see who they are picking and who's is with you know Stacey Fleur not necessarily getting the start in shirt which you know when Porsche was out she was like the sky try scoring here like do you know what I mean yeah. it's, it's fascinating to see who what their dynamic is but Portia Woodman is is a once in a generation player, and I think I actually think probably the best player that's ever played sevens. I, I'm gonna. I asked Meg this on Saturday, and she said, "No, of course she isn't, because the goat is on the picture there." Sarah Hirini. Oh, Kelly Brazier, uh, decorated rugby player of all time. Yeah. Yeah, no, like yeah, no, they, that she's what what amazing. a nice issue to have for New Zealand. <laughs> Which one of our amazing players is the best one ever? Like Grim, stop it. How much? <laughs> how much are you dreading um, me being reunited with my um, other rugby best friend Sarah Hirani in two weeks' time? She can have you, mate. I'm really looking forward to it. <laughs> okay. No, it, you know, and um, another another person I need to actually send a little message to. It was really cool to see Jis Landry getting some recognition on a home turf, um, retiring when there wasn't tournament, and you know, not really ever getting that send off that she deserved from yeah. the shirt. Um, so yeah, that was really cool with her with her little one and her wife um, on the field. Um, and just lots of love from the the crowd. That was really cool. So big yeah. shout out. And a massive congratulations to the Aussie girls who have won the World Series. They wrapped it up in Langford. Obviously, the Blackfins girls have been absent, but I think there's a really, um, I think people are underestimating where Aussie Sevens rugby is at the moment. They were so bitterly disappointed by the Olympics, having gone into it as the reigning Olympic champions. This is a huge year for them. Commonwealth Games means a lot to Australians. Uh, you know, they historically do lead the medals table there and they've got a Commonwealth Games and then a, a Sevens World Cup. And, you know, the Walsh dog is back in charge. The girls who and John Menenti have switched jobs again. Um, they've they've won the World Series. That won't be the only gold medal they want hanging around their necks by the end of 2022. Yeah. And, and it's interesting you say about Commonwealth Games because their hearts were utterly shattered in the Gold Coast. Um, so... I think, um, and interestingly, listening to um, Ivania uh, Polite, when she um, was playing for Rugby League, who's retired, um, unbelievable, well, she stepped away fully from sevens, um, unbelievable player, actually, for them, and just just mean, actually, really, really fast and really mean, yeah. <laughs> really strong, but she did an interview um, about playing on the field um, again, where they lost the the Commonwealth Games final, and she talked about wanting to put that wrong that wrong right, and and you could tell. And I've been there in games where that hurt of losing a game is just is so beyond what you can explain in an interview or explain. Like I felt, I felt it for her, and they did go yeah. on and get the win, and and I think that cut deep because there were tens of thousands of Australians going wild um, for them and it was in the death obviously so um, yeah I'm interested because the young players they've got that have come in are really talented and are and you know will we see Alicia Quirk will we see her um, back out on the field as a playmaker because yeah, she was like Catholic to to be even better as well. Can I just ask you a question I, I find it interesting when you talk about the emotional side of 
of rugby and, and that kind of scarring that things like that leave you with and, and Ivani Polite putting the wrongs right. How much was that the emotion that you took onto the field in the final in 2014? Not wanting to leave that field with another runners-up medal? Yeah, I think it kind of showed when when the game finished, you know, I just dropped to my knees. I couldn't get back up again because I had a bad dead leg, but the, I can drop to my knees. Um, and like, it's weird because people talk about the elation of winning and interesting. I was at Millie Woods, um, decorator in and around. Uh, <laughs> um, my flat's on the market. I might move by the way. Um, the, um, chatting to her and she said she listened to a podcast, um, with Johnny Wilkinson and how he was, he spoke about the, um, the fact that he won the world cup and thought that there was this going to be this feeling that you can never explain. And yeah, it's brilliant. And you know, it's like, Oh my God, you, you win it. And then you see what happens when he, we got home and it was like, Oh, well, people care about the game and like all this yeah. stuff. But for me, it was just relief. Like it was just this, like, like just kind of calm. It was like, okay, we've done it. And yeah. like, it was, it was cool and it was great to see the girls running on and, and good party afterwards, obviously. But a lot of it was actually just, I can just, I, I'm happy just to kind of go, I mean, obviously we went yeah. and had a few drinks and party, but I also could have just gone back to bed and been like, I've done yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that was God. really good. I'm like, ah, I'm good. Anyway, we've talked loads. I've talked loads. I've held this podcast together because you're obviously a little bit hungover and a little bit yeah. tired, Ted. Yeah. Um, you but- you edit it now then. Um, I know, but I, I will just say I've really enjoyed hanging out with you on the weekend and all of the tryhards. And I've really enjoyed this Women's Six Nations. I've loved the crowd. I've been sad. I've been really genuinely gutted to miss the England home games. Um, but the buzz around the game is awesome. What people are doing is actually actioning things now yeah. and I'm really intrigued to see how we can all take it on I think the responsibility of the players is to look after themselves go on holiday like um Holly and Hannah have done to Venice I've sent them a few little ideas from Simone oh, um, when Lauren went there with her husband um you know get look, players to to look after them as much as they can look after themselves as much as they can obviously for those that have gone back to full-time work hopefully that will change sometime soon but um, yeah, I think the players, they've got a responsibility to keep working hard on the basics, keep nail like just work, like, you know, enjoying what they do and just buckling down brands, media, people have got a, a, an opportunity because the ripple effects are huge. And I think it kind of epitomized by Gareth Thomas's tweet saying how he has seen a massive increase in women in the gym. And actually I just want to give a bit of a shout out to the WIU who've been doing this, um, behind the scenes um, kind of mini doc week on week with the Wales girls. And if you haven't watched it, it's on YouTube. It's been absolutely brilliant being, um, they? Yeah, seen it. being shot and produced by a young woman there at Whisper who uh, I apologize. Her name escapes me, but it is really worth watching. It's been fantastic. Um, obviously bagel gate was one of the kind of big headlines earlier in the tournament and the theft of Alicia butcher's bagels forms kind of one episode of it. And it's so <laughs> funny. She's so angry about it. Um, but yeah, have a look at it if you haven't already. But on that note, try hard. Uh, I'm off Keep to Dublin hard. tomorrow. I'm off to Dublin tomorrow to stay with the ultimate try hard. D. D. Say hi. Have a Guinness to me. Guinness. Oh, Too Guinness. many Saturday. Yeah. What a night. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 